Spider-Man, Spider-Man, not wherever a spider can. Spins a web and it's time, cut its xylophone. Look out, here goes the Spider-Man. He's a strong little boy, he's got ready active blood. Can he swim from a flame? Take a look overhead, look out, here goes the Spider-Man. This is episode 287 for February 2014. All right, time for Spider Satellites and also Ultimate Cartoon Reviews. Since we lost Kevin, George and I are going to take up the slack and do the uh, the, the satellites together. I'm going to review – how many do I have? I have three issues I'm going to review. George has two. Uh, the issues that we're going to review are Cataclysm Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number three, uh, Inhumanity, the Superior Spider-Man number one, Marvel Knights Spider-Man uh, number four. <laughs> I know. That ought to be great. Uh, it isn't. Uh, Mighty Avengers number five is going to be George, and also Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number nine is going to be George. And George said, Brad, you go first. So, all right. I'm going to tackle Cataclysm Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number one. Uh, basically, in this one, Miles is trying to save New York City as it's being destroyed by Galactus. And one of the first stops at the end of issue two, he, re- he took off his mask in front of his father, who didn't know that he's Spider-Man. And basically, the father is not going to have that. He he's like you're. The, he blames Miles for killing his wife and also killing his brother, who's the Prowler. And he and he's uh, injured. The father is injured and smacks Miles with his cane, and just just rejects him as big a, as big as a father can to his son. And in the meantime, the book opened with the passenger plane and some F-15s beside the passenger plane saying, you got to pull back, you got to pull back, do not land in New York City. And the pilots in the passenger plane are like, why, what, what, what's going on? Because you don't tend to listen to F-15 jets. Anyway, they go past a cloud and some debris, and they see a huge honking purple dude. And they're like, ah! So anyway, uh, cut to the Miles father scene. The plane is crashing. It lands in New York City, and Miles is like, i got to go help people. I can't deal with this dad stuff. Stay here, Dad. I'll come back for you. So Spider-Man and Cloak and Dagger and Bombshell go and rescue the, the people from the plane, the kids. And also, uh, J. Jonah Jameson is on the plane. And uh, Miles slash Spider-Man rescues Jonah, and Jonah's like insists on telling Miles something. And, and Miles is like... I can't listen to you right now. I got to get you off the plane. I got to save these people. And Cloak is there, and Miles says, uh, "Let's transport these kids through Cloak to the hospital so we can save them, and we'll get Jonah through there." And Jonah, before he goes through Cloak to go to the hospital, he says, uh, "Spidey, whatever you do, when this is over, I'm going to change your life." And that's basically a tease setting up what comes after Cataclysm, is what I think. Mm. Anyway, he returns to where his, he left his father. He goes into the house, his house, 
and he can't find his dad anywhere. And he's just he's had a fight with his dad. He's just heartbroken, etc. And he's worried that his dad is dead, or he, he's lost in all this fighting and debris. So over the intercom, he gets a message from Captain America that says, "Hey, kid." Uh, I think we might have found a way to take on Galactus. We need your help. And the last shot of this miniseries is Galactus way over in the distance and a little bitty Spider-Man. What can he do? So that is to be wrapped up in the Bagley Bendis um, Cataclysm main book. Uh, I'm going to give this one an A. I thought the father and son thing was uh, really humanized. I liked it a lot. The prose, the artwork was beautiful. Uh, the the Miles character I still love. He you're feeling the the turmoil of being a superhero and the the private life, which is what Spider-Man often has to deal with. And this uh, second generation Spider-Man uh, is is going through that. Uh, I, don't, I don't really have any cons uh, besides three ninety nine. <laughs> three ninety nine is but, always a con. Three ninety nine is the basic con a lot of times, uh, but give this one an A. I love Miles Morales, Spider Man. I highly recommend it. Uh, In Humanity, Spider Man, Superior Spider Man. This one's written by Christos Gage, who has been helping Dan Slott on the main book, and this one he's just totally writing by himself. And this is uh, Stephanie Hans, who did the cover and the interior art, and it's a painted book. It looks like. And I've never heard of Stephanie Hans, but I, she's definitely one of my pros of the book. It's a very good-looking book to look at. And it's, it's a uh, mini playing off the inhumanity or the inhumans um, turmoil. I'm trying to think what, what was the name of that book, George, where the inhumans – I'm totally blanking. It's the latest Marvel crossover. I thought it was just called Inhumanity. That, I thought that was the I, event du jour, the, the new event. I guess. Well, it's part of the, the Thanos thing, and I can't Thanos think of the Thanos, Thanos thing. No, that was over. No, um, whatever the big Avengers thing. That Infinite Thanos, in. Thanos, uh, Infinite Crisis. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, it's playing off the latest Marvel uh, storyline. Uh, and at the end of that major storyline... Uh, the Inhumans world comes crashing down over New York City, and everybody gets uh, powers that were originally an Inhuman. So um, pick up where this book starts. Spider-Man's cleaning up after the Inhuman city falls, and people are basically breaking out like mutants. Uh, Their latent powers are coming about because they have a little bit of Inhuman DNA. Uh, and so basically, Spider-Man's cleaning up the city. He uh, shaking hands with the firemen. He's very nice to the police and the emergency personnel, which just kind of doesn't gl- uh, glide with me. I don't think Doc Ock is that friendly with uh, emergency personnel. So uh, a big piece of uh, the Inhuman Inhumans uh, house or ship or world or whatever. Adel- Ad- Adelan. Yeah, basically that's crashed into the roof, and the the firemen can't get to the roof, and they're like, well, we need some help, Spider-Man. So Spider-Man takes a fireman on his back, climbs up there, and says, uh, we need to get into the house. Uh, We haven't found uh, the people that live here called Mr. and Mrs. Shibweeby. (laughs) Shibweeby. Which is hard to say, hard to read. Why couldn't they be Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I don't know why they're Mrs. Shibweeby. Shibweeby. Anyway, <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man finally finds the, the apartment that they're in. He uh, opens the door, busts through the door, and a M- Mr. Shibweeby 
is standing there looking exactly like Ripley out of the Aliens movie with giant metal gripping arms. Mm. Evidently, uh, he's sucking the life out of people as he looks like a James Cameron reject. Uh, <laughs> and Mrs. Shawibi, we find out, has cancer. And he's a bit upset uh, that all this is happening. He's upset his wife has cancer. Uh, he thinks he's helping his wife by having these powers, but really he's uh, s- contributing to the cancer is what I, the best I can understand. Um, he's making it worse. See. Making it worse. And um, the, basically he grabs Spider-Man by the throat with these giant arms and the fireman comes in and talks him down and says, you need to take care of your wife, etc. Uh, and he was like, well, you know, now I'm going to jail. How am I going to help my wife? And Spider-Man and the cops say, "You know what? We'll got you. We've got you covered. We're uh, we understand you're not in the right state of mind, uh, but uh, the alien technology affected your mind. And I'll tell the authorities you're not responsible for your actions. Oh, and please so, stop attacking us. And please stop attacking us. Exactly. So, uh, Ock isn't a big dick like he is in the Mighty Avengers book, which you're going to re- review earlier. So that's my biggest con. He he doesn't. I don't hear the Ock voice in this one. That's a big con. Well, uh, pro- well, hang on now. Yeah, uh, it, it, you said you know there's somebody sick. Is he more concerned about that? Because I, I don't, I don't. I, the biggest thing against it, I, I don't think he's that respectful to law enforcement. That that just throw it just feels wrong to me. I mean he, but I, I and, and um, it just doesn't sound like Ock. It sounds like a. A slightly altered Peter Parker. I don't know. It just it didn't feel as right to me as okay. also. Uh, the art was a pro. I really enjoyed the artist who I'd never heard of before. Again, Con 399. <laughs> you don't need to read this one to keep up with the main book. And let me finish with Marvel Knights Spider-Man number four. Oh, my God. All right. Um, last we saw Spider-Man... He was uh, doing everything like a video game. He was going through submarines. He was going through uh, airplanes. He's still tripping out uh, and playing with arcade. This is number four of the miniseries. And last we saw him, oh, what was that villain's name? It is a Captain Marvel villain that blew up, started Civil War. What is his name? It's escaping me. That started Civil War. Started Civil War with the New Warriors. Um, Nuke or Nitro. Nitro. Nitro? Yeah, yeah. Nitro. So Nitro blows the hell out of Spider-Man and sends him to the Lost Island. So he, <laughs> uh, the mask is barely on. You can fully see almost. It's Peter Parker behind the mask. And so he uh, lands on the beach wa- and then falls asleep and then wakes up in a nice hotel room. And then he goes downstairs. And behind the desk, it just so happens... That who's working the desk at the hotel and the island that he's tripping at? It's Craven, of course. Oh, God. Anyway, you're on your most dangerous game, Spider-Man. I get it, Craven. Blah, blah, blah. So in the lobby of the hotel come the Jackal, the Rhino, and the Vulture. They come and try to kick Spider-Man's ass. Uh, that doesn't really work. Is that, I guess the Scorpion comes in, too. And Craven starts shooting the villains. And trying to help Spider-Man a little bit. And Spider-Man realizes that, you know, Craven really isn't in here on his own accord either. 
And then some weird trippy shit happens. Um, I'm new for that book. I know. The fight leaves the hotel. He goes out into the jungle of the island, and he sees the owl just perched there. And he was, and you again, the mask is just covering barely one eye, and the rest is just exposed face. That's another con for me. I don't know. Um, so uh, Craven again uh, shoots uh, the owl again. Craven for some reason is uh, liking. Uh, to uh, help Spider-Man. So the owl is taking him up high above the island, and Craven gets the kill shot, essentially, on um, the owl. And Spider-Man falls to the ground. And I love that uh, it's a full splash page. And I'm going to read this verbatim. Imagine the biggest tree that could fill a page from the top of the comic book to the bottom of the comic book is all tree. And Spider-Man is so tiny, there's five Spider-Men falling to the ground. You hear crack, oof. Crash, uh, crunch, uh, crack, uh, five Spider-Men fall during the page. Um, and then Spider-Man the, the, is all cut and bleeding, etc. And he tells a story about how Uncle Ben and he, and he camped for three days, and he was whining, and it drove Uncle Ben crazy, and and still, we're, we're tripping out. So then... Um, Spider-Man reaches, uh, continues on the island, and then he finds Craven. So, um, evidently Craven wants to fight now. <laughs> so oh he's got a knife out. I don't know why he was helping Spider-Man, but um, he literally kicks sand in the Spider-Man's face. The next page, Spider-Man has found a boat. He gets the boat, and he. Uh, Rides the boat to Malta. I don't know where Malta is, but it's an, it's uh, an island. It's uh, okay. It's, he it's over there, kind to, of by Spain. Okay, he go he goes to another island, and he gets uh, onto land. And there's a lot of, uh, or not the Spain. Pardon me, it's Italy. It's Italian. Oh, it's Italy. Okay, he goes to Italy, and he gets out of the boat and he's looking around Italy. And the page ends with a crosshair on Spider-Man's head. And you see, I don't know who is holding the gun. It kind of looks like, oh, what is that that character? That uh, Dominic Fortune. It kind of looks like Dominic Fortune, who I thought of. And the and the last panel, it's out of order. I don't know how you're supposed to read these panels. It's so out of place. The book literally ends with Spider-Man getting a bullet in the head. And you realize that would be a nice place to end it because that's what the reader's been going through. But no, we have, we have one more book coming out for this five-issue miniseries. And the tease on the last page is called Game Over. And you see Spider-Man's hand just laying there with blood dripping out. Coming out February 5th, 2014. Yeah. At this point, I've paid four times... Four is uh, $16 for this story is what I paid. I didn't really pay that. I had a discount, but $16. We're now going to be $20 into this miniseries, which is by far one of the worst Spider-Man stories of all time. The, the thing that you shouldn't do, Brad, is, yeah. is play a game I, I like to call what, what I could have yeah. bought <laughs> with, with that for money. 20 bucks. Help me. 20 bucks. What could I, I have bought? I think of gas. Yeah, um, I could have nice steak dinner. You could have, yeah, you could have bought something to eat for you and your daughter. Yeah, um, seen a movie. 
uh, matinee maybe with your daughter, you know? Yeah. Whew, man. <laughs> My heavens, that's just one of the worst stories of all time. F, there's no prose. I, I, the art is hard to read. It's a video game with no plot. You don't care what's going on. He's jumping from mission to mission with no tangible plot or reason to continue. Mm. Horrible story. Don't hold back. Tell me how you really... Don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> don't sugarcoat it, Jomo. Awful, awful, awful. George, I'm handing <laughs> the, the baton to you. Follow that turd fest. Follow the turd fest. Well, yes. I, I don't know if uh, I've ever heard those words spoken in my entire life. You know what's sad? <laughs> the spider lights, the two you're reviewing, are my favorite. <laughs> of, oh, oh, of these of, of these two? Of, of, of the, of the uh, five we're reviewing tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well, why don't we start off? We'll start off with Superior Spider-Man Team-Up number nine, since you've read that one. Yeah, be- I've read both of these. My, uh, Mighty oh, you read Mighty Avengers too? Okay. Yeah. Also. Uh, this is by uh, Kevin Schnick, and uh, or how do you say it, Brad? Schnick, like Wolverine. <laughs> Plus, yeah. And uh, Marco Cicchetto. Beautiful, beautiful art. Uh, yes, very. Although we we differ on on his interpretation of the Punisher. I like a more kind of a bigger framed kind of broody, uh, his dark Punisher. Huh? I would agree. His Punisher is a little. Young. It's like it's like Jason Bateman as the Punisher. I mean, it's you know. <laughs> well, Jason Bateman's forty. Not yeah, but it's just not physically intimidating. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so this story, uh, when someone steals a goblin glider that the Punisher had confiscated, uh, he and Daredevil track Spider-Man down, and by Spider by track Spider-Man down, I mean Punisher shooting at him repeatedly. That's straight on. Uh, that's something Frank would do. Um, yeah, to get his attention, sure. Uh, especially since he was using non-lethal rounds, and yeah. that whole scene was just kind of wild. Um, so he and Daredevil track Spidey down to question him about it, figuring, hey, maybe Spidey took this stuff, since you know he does that kind of shit now. <laughs> um, so Spidey takes the uh, the both of them to Spider Island, which is of course the former raft. Um, where they check on the stockpiles of weapons that Spidey's been confiscating uh, during his uh, anti-crime campaign. Um, they discover that all the weapons are gone, and then they get ambushed by a pumpkin bomb, and uh, they find out that uh, it, it was thrown by one of uh, Spidey's Spiderling minions. And right. um, so he's holding the heroes at bay. He's got pumpkin bombs strapped to his chest like a suicide bomber. You see him communicating with the Goblin King, of course, the heroes don't know that, and the Goblin King won't respond. And this is, again, why I think the Goblin King is Ven Gonzalez, because he says, Daredevil will recognize my voice. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that goes back to you know one of the earlier appearances we had of uh, Ven Gonzalez, where he, Daredevil saved him, but it was really Peter. And that doesn't jive with my theory. It's your other theory about uh, which I like, uh, Stanley, which is Stanley uh, Osborne, right? The, the the baby aged of uh, Harry Osborne's latest kid. Yes, and and for that, you guys will have to check out the the other podcast. Ha ha. Right. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, doesn't respond. He just kind of leaves the guy off on his own. Um, because he, he yeah. doesn't want him to recognize the voice. So Punisher blows this guy's thumb off, which, okay. that That's straight up, Frank. When that happened, I was like, okay, this I see. Suddenly he seems like the Punisher <laughs> now. Um, yeah. And then uh, at that point, Daredevil and uh, Spider-Man and uh, Punisher all get set upon by all of the Spider-Lings who turn on Spidey, and they're armed with, like, octopus tentacles, vulture wings, 
uh, goblin glider. I saw one dude on a pogo platform, like jack-o'-lantern style. <laughs> and one guy uh, had some vibro shock gauntlets, you know, like Shocker would use. Right. And that that's how it leaves us. Uh, I'm going to give this one a B-. minus. Uh, I like that uh, Daredevil uh, knows something is off, you know, uh, with this Spidey. Um, yeah. Shinnick does really well, I think, with Otto and Daredevil. But again, I don't really think he quite nails the Punisher early on, uh, especially with the art. Of, I, I was like, is this the Punisher's son? The entire time I was thinking this is like a Punisher-related character, but it's not the Punisher. That's just the you know the the, the vibe I was getting. Uh, but the story is enjoyable. Uh, it's got a couple of great moments, but um, I don't know. There was a part of this that also just the story felt kind of average. You know, you didn't have a lot of the random, you know, Doc Ock moments where maybe he just, you know, those nutty moments where he just does the, you know, what you're least expecting, and then right. usually yells out something about how stupid, you know, stupid somebody is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that that uh, Schnick's uh, auto is as eccentric maybe as he should be. So, I, but I give it a B minus. Okay. And our last one is probably the last time we'll be reviewing Mighty Avengers. Yeah, the first the first <laughs> time I get to uh, review Mighty Avengers, um, and I did go back and get the earlier issues that had Shumagorath in them. Um, but uh, it's number five dot inh. <laughs> um, Just because comics. Yeah, yeah. because comics. And uh, and it looks like this will be the last one I review. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man's done after this yeah. book. <laughs> um, so it starts off at Avengers HQ, and by Avengers HQ, you know, I mean uh, that old movie theater that they're sitting in, or that they're, I guess, squatting in at this point. No, it's owned by – it's either owned by Cage or Cage's buddy. I think it's owned by Cage's buddy. Did, did that appear in like a Power Man back in the 80s? Because I, I don't um, – Dave did. And I don't, I can't remember if the theater did or not. Dave used to be kind of a recurring character back for Cage back in the day. Uh, Is Dave in this book? They no, but they yell at him in a taxi and hand the baby off to him. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> nice. So uh, you know, you got Avengers HQ. Spidey has a very frank uh, discussion of the issues with Luke and Jessica uh, that turns violent about who is right. fit to lead the team and who is fit to shut up and follow. Um, Of course, Luke and Jessica take great exception to that. Uh, Spidey, Spiderling minions, and all of his uh, mech robots join in the fray. And um, he even manages to get the upper hand on Cage and Jessica with a uh, new formula of strengthened webbing that uh, binds them up. Um, Unfortunately for Superior Spidey, uh, the Cage family's lawyer shows up, and of course that's She-Hulk. Um, and Otto finds out that he's really no match against She-Hulk's uh, legal savvy. Um, and you know She-Hulk, they, she's you know they have a kind of a face-off, and you know she eventually gets him to back off. Um, when you know she starts talking, one thing Otto doesn't want to hear is you know uh, lawsuits, investigations, lengthy trials. <laughs> so Otto takes off. Uh, he fires his spiderlings. And uh, he yells out, you know, hey, it's okay, I have the real Avengers on my side, which is funny, given what happens this month. Given, or, su- yeah. Yeah, given Superior Spider-Man number 26. And in this universe, like in five minutes or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> you, so uh, back, in the, um, back in the ruined husk of uh, Adelan, there, that's there's two stories, and well, not two stories, but I mean the entire – there's two different fronts here. There's called, a, a yeah. story, B story. B yeah. story, yeah. And over in the ruined yeah. husk of Adelan, which you know you just talked about, Quickfire, that's the um, 
Terrigen crystal mutated uh, corporate goon of uh, what is that company called Cortex, uh, yeah. and that annoying douchebag CEO that they have. Um, so you know, Quick fires his minion, and she's searching for any sign of the Terrigen crystals that may have been left behind after Adelaine crashed. Um, and of course, you know you got the annoying douchebag CEO just blowing up her Bluetooth. You know, finding new and improved ways just to be loathsome. Um, and basically, you know, just getting all in her mix. Well, where's this? What's that? You know, and she's like, you know, dude, radio, radio silence. What did you think that meant? Um, unbeknownst to her, she's being watched by Lichidus, who is the, quote, third of the four who rule, unquote, who is a shadowy mage type with a three-headed hellhound werewolf human, humanoid-looking thing with a taste for blood. Um, thereafter, the lost amulet of the Kamartage, which is a nebulous magical artifact that giving off an energy signature that Quickfire is able to track down. It's just there in the ship. They don't really go into much about it. Uh, this results in a three-way brawl between Quickfire, the Hellhound, and uh, some of the Avengers that showed up, which include Spectrum, who is Monica Rambo, Ronan, who is that guy. Uh, yeah, White Tiger. And, Who we all know. Yeah. <laughs> White Tiger and uh, and the new Power Man, who's annoying. I just I don't yeah. I don't like this guy. Um, before the you know Falcon, they leave outside. Did you notice that in the issue? I didn't. Falcon no. goes with them, and then later they go inside, and Falcon's just standing outside with the shield guys, like, "Hey, so how about the how about the Yankees?" Well, what what can Falcon do in a tight, confined spot anyway? I, he can't really fly. Yeah, I mean, they're like, "Dude, what do you, what can you do besides fly?" You know what? Angel, stay here with the shield agents, and we'll handle this. <laughs> we'll get the big boy work. Yeah. Uh, so uh, before you know, all the dust can settle. Uh, Quick fire's been beaten. She's down. Spectrum takes her out, and the. Uh, Hellhound gets turned into some kind of pate jelly by a power man and White Tiger and Ronin. Um, And then uh, Ronin takes off with the artifact, and he's long gone. He faked getting hurt so he could steal the artifact. Well, I didn't know if he faked it, but he got hurt and stole the artifact. So he's got his own agenda to follow. Whoever he is, nod, nod, wink, wink. Yeah, Um, exactly. This issue gets a B. It's a fairly solid issue. It's got great art. Um, yeah. But uh, it could have been better had um, there been more superior Spider-Man and Cage and She-Hulk action. That was the best part of the whole book, yeah. And it, 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 I could have done with some more fighting there. I love the, you point a giant robot at my baby, predict this, you, beep. Yeah, that was cool. I actually put that up in the review. When I and, did it on the- and, and, it, and it broke his eyeglass. He got hit so, so hard, hard by the yeah. cages. Yeah. And I liked the back and forth between uh, Otto, Luke, and Jessica and She-Hulk. That was a lot of fun. and. Monica turning the tables on quick fire was enjoyable. I'm a big Monica fan, so I like that. And and I like the last page where uh, Cage closes the door and it's got the old Mighty Avengers logo from the 80s. Yeah, um, which which harkens back to when Monica was on the Avengers, written by Stern. It does. And while I love that Monica, that someone's actually doing stuff with Monica, I hate the Spectrum if you're nasty crap. I hate that so bad. I hate it as much as I hate the whole blam murdered you thing from Rocket Raccoon and and starting. I mean, it's obviously a reference to Janet Jackson. Yeah, it is, and it's unnecessary. I I go back to all the all the the stories I read with Monica from her first appearance through the Stern years and the Avengers, and I'm like, this is a character who is strong and confident and didn't have to resort to saying things like "if you're nasty." It's not Beyonce for you know for f's sake, you know it's. Yeah. Monica well, Rambo. It's you know, yeah. But it's nice to have her in a book. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I like having her in the book. Yeah. 
All right, good wrap of uh, the satellites. Let's move on to reviews of the Ultimate Cartoon. We've got one from Season 1, one from Season 2. What are we looking at? <laughs> okay, um, white is black and black is white this month. There you as go. Far as ultimate, uh, <laughs> Ebony and Ivory for that. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Little, little Stevie and uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney. Um, the, uh, normally, the season one episodes are pretty spare. You know, they usually get a lower rating than the season two episodes because season two, you know, they've they've kind of grown and moved on from some things. Oh, yeah. oh, except for t- this month. <laughs> oh God! So um, season one, episode seven, is exclusive. Uh, directed by Alex Soto, uh, written by Man of Action, which again is four different people, including Joe Casey and Joe Kelly, and uh, Danny Wolf. Um, this is the one with Mar- it's it's through Mary Jane's uh, camera, yes, right? Yes, Mary. This is, I li- I like this one actually. This is uh, Mary Jane. Um, uh, yeah. Mary Jane's in it. Hulk's in it, and uh, Zach's. Yes, Zach. Zach. Yeah. yeah. Zach's. Um, and I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the review, but you're you're jumping off saying I really like this one. Well, well, go ahead and take me down. But no, that's fine. I this is no. the best issue so far of episode, of season one. It really. Oh, I'll give you. I'll give you it, that. It, it's the strongest. Here's the number. There's a lot of different reasons that go into it. Number one, I like the found footage thing with the camera. The way that yes. the camera would spin around whenever stuff was happening or whenever Spidey would grab Mary Jane and swing her away somewhere or whenever she yep. stopped to run from something to get into a better spot. All of that added to the intensity and to the chaos that was surrounding all everything that was going on. Right. It made it seem more real. It, it actually and felt a little pulse pounding at times. And, and it, it wasn't jump cutting to the little spider cherubs. We had no cut scenes. We had no spider cherubs. It, that's what I liked, and I liked that it it was straight what was on the camera, pretty much. Yeah, you didn't have a lot of, of goofy, you know, fourth wall breaking crap going on. It was just a solid story, where it was it was almost like Cloverfield. Yeah, exactly. It was almost yes. like like you know Spider Cloverfield. It really was, you know. And I yeah. really liked that. Um, I liked all the Mary Jane. I don't like Mary Jane being a reporter at all. But I like I like the interaction that she and, and Spider Man have together. How he's always looking out for her, you know. Right. Um, I like Hulk and Spider Man, you know, becoming buddies. Mm-hmm. You know, I really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, that's always been something I've always thought about. There ought to be more times when Spider Man and Hulk team up and get to do things together because they're both in the same boat. They're both heroes trying to do good things and trying to help people while being completely misunderstood by everybody else around them. That's true. And that's and true. so the, maybe that's why I like them both so much. Maybe maybe, maybe that's, that's it. I, yeah. I think that that yeah. talks about you as a character, or you know, <laughs> yeah. as a, as a person. As what as what I like. Maybe yeah. you're maybe you're some kind of misfit. <laughs> you know. No. I'm a misfit. I want to be a dentist. No, sorry. That's all right. So, um, to- totally went to Rudolph there. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's just a really good fight. Um, the Zack stuff is really good. And only Hulk could see him because wh- why, why could Hulk see him? Again? I don't know. I um, originally, yeah, Hulk is the only one who can see him, and I don't know why that is. Is that his childlike innocence or something? I don't know what the. Maybe I don't not. know. Hulk, now, in the comic books, Hulk, and the, when he's, especially when he's Savage Hulk, has shown that he can see things in the astral plane. Doctor Strange has noticed that about him, that uh, he can see things in the astral plane that, that other people can't see. That you know, There's been stuff before that Doctor Strange can see, and, the, and then the Hulk can see it too, and, and he's like, oh, okay, I don't know why that, that is. Right. Um, that's, 
That was probably discovered in the Defenders or something. Wasn't I it? believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, so eventually he absorbs enough energy, he becomes visible, and the fight scenes are great. Yeah. They really are, especially down in well, that subway. We've said a lot of pros. And any cons to the episode? I have absolutely no cons to this okay. episode. I mean, I don't like Mary Jane being a reporter. Right. But, I mean, to get a season one episode that's fresh and clean, no corniness, no cherub no cut scenes. No, no spider friends? Yeah, no spider friends. That allowed them to really focus. Yeah. That really allowed them to focus more. And easily, this is the best episode so far. Yeah. And not only of season one, but I think of the series. This is tied for me now with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy episode that was so good nice. last month. I recently watched the Guardians episode, by the way, and it's very, very good. Yes, it was. It very, very good. I, I agree. And and the whole, I'm Groot. All right, we get it. You're Groot. I, I've, I watched, <laughs> I was laughing. And even Ava, Ava likes to watch this show with me. And she, when the first time he said Groot, she goes, I'm Groot. <laughs> she, she said it too. And I'm like, like, I agree with George. That needs to be an animated series. Yes, I would watch a Guardians of the Galaxy. Hell, hell yeah. And I think we're going to get one. I think Wacker... Yeah. Oddly enough, is going to be the one that gives you and I exactly what we want. <laughs> Hell yeah, Steve Wacker. <laughs> so, so we may what's, have had issues your... with Steve Wacker, the editor. But, but by God, he's giving us a nice guy? cartoon. Okay, yeah, yeah make it happen. Hell make yeah, it rain, Wacker. Wacker. Make it rain. <laughs> uh, what, great on this one, George. It's pretty high, probably. Oh, yeah, this is an A. This is easily an A. Good job. I agree with you yeah. on that. Uh, season 2, episode 20, Game Over, with Cap, Wolverine, and Arcade, huh? Yeah, this is directed by Phil Pignotti, uh, again written by Man of Action, and a guy, someone named Jacob uh, Simon, who I haven't heard of before. I'm not familiar with his work. Um, boy, this one's rough, Brad. I didn't, I've seen this one too, George, oh, so I can talk, oh. talk about it. I, I did not like this oh, video game either. Oh. <laughs> well, first of all... It's a video game, isn't First it? of all, a, you and I are going to start off by fighting. Okay, go ahead. Because I'm not even that big of an X-Men fan, and I love Arcade. Okay. Arcade. I'm not not a big Arcade fan myself, but go ahead. Arcade is a creepy middle-aged guy (laughs) who is real smart and has a lot of cool tech and is just batshit crazy enough to be lethal. Bill Gates? No. Crazy, maybe. He's like John Biner from Bazaar. Remember back back in the day? Oh, Jesus! (laughs) Where'd you pull that out like of? That My guy, God. but like a supervillain. Oh man. Okay, so, go ahead. All right. So, it's rough. <laughs> it's a rough one. It, it, it's the worst episode of season, season two so far that I've oh, seen. Oh, this is this this is one of the worst of the series. It yeah. really is. So, um, you've got uh, you know at the beginning you've got uh, Spidey and the and the the Spider Buddies, Shield Spidey teens or whoever they are. The 2010 Spider Friends, friends. yeah. Uh, They're they're training against uh, life model decoy target dummies who suddenly go berserk and try to kill them with lethal force. (laughs) Um, So then, you know, you've got Fury coming in and putting a stop to it and saying, all right, situation room. Um, Here's what's going on. (laughs) We've come under attack from Arcade. A hip, redheaded Asian teen assassin whose mutant power is controlling tech, and I thought I would crap my brain. He, he's Asian, suddenly. I don't. Yeah, know. they turned him into an Asian guy, a redheaded, oh, a redheaded Asian guy. A oh, redheaded Asian. There's so many of the. There's so many redheaded Asian teens running around. Oh. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. They they turn him into a teenager. He's. They find him in Madripoor. I mean, they. You know, he is clearly yeah. Asian in this. Okay. Um. That, that's different. Yeah. And he doesn't have murder world, he just has video game world. 
and Murder World's awesome. I'm sorry, it is. Um, but you have you, what? You know, two two X Men villains that I really don't care for. Uh, my number one that I can't stand, and I've never read a story that I liked with them, is Mojo. Yeah, Mojo. Yeah. And Mojo reminds me a bit of Arcade, and I'm just not a big Arcade or Mojo fan. Well, now, see, when when Mojo does his thing, it's to entertain the people in his dimension so he can stay in power. When Arcade does it, it's because somebody paid him to do it. Yeah. The people pay to have people thrown in a murder world. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so Captain America shows up, um, and then Fury tries to kill him out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) Captain America stops that because, of course, he's Captain America. Uh, and right. it turns out that Fury is a life model decoy that also went berserk. Suddenly, the real Fury shows up and says, okay, Captain America, you've got to go to Madripoor to stop Arcade from, oh, I don't know, launching nuclear missiles that will destroy the Earth. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is this is yeah. not usually in Arcade's wheelhouse, but whatever, okay. Um, Arcade with nukes, baby. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so... Totally Austin Powers. So Spidey's like, all right, I'm going too. And Nick Fury's like, yeah, fat chance, which means, of course, Spidey goes. He uh, stows away on Captain America's jet, which is actually kind of a fat ride. It was a pretty cool jet. Um, But it gets shot down over Madripoor. Spidey and Cap have to bail, um, dodge laser fire from other ships on their way down. But they manage to get inside Madripoor. And uh, they manage to find Arcade's lair. They step inside, and Wolverine's fighting life model decoy ninjas. <laughs> this is the first time it really starts to go off the rails because they do the Wolverine. They they pause and do the Wolverine title cut screen yeah. thing. And then Captain America and Wolverine start to face off, and then you get a versus thing. And you even get a voiceover going, versus. I was like, yeah. oh, God, are you kidding me? We you're not, we're not done with this crap? It's video games. Oh, it's 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 so annoying and distracting, mm-hmm. and I mean, the, which sucks because the animation is really good. Mm-hmm. The animation is really well done, and, and I'm like, oh god, we're about to get a Cat Wolverine fight, son. <laughs> but no, we get annoying cut screens that distract you from that, and then Wolverine realizes that Cap's got a vibranium shield, and he's like, all right, you're the real deal, so we can stop fighting. So the three of them wind up in Arcade's arena fighting life model decoy doppelgangers of e- of themselves. Spidey proves to be the smartest one in the group. He webs Wolverine and Cap's shoulders. He puts web on them so they'll know who's who. And I like that. I like that Spider-Man is the one that comes up with that. You know, and the other guys notice it, and they're like, hey, that's a pretty hip call. Hey, thanks. Good job, kid. Way to be heads up. So um, Arcade then attacks them with three Hulk robots, which uh, they defeat uh, and they defeat those and also a whole bunch of lasers, uh, like laser turrets. And then that's when that's when everything goes straight to hell. Because <laughs> all over the screen, every time something gets destroyed, you have a plus five hundred, plus five hundred, plus five hundred, oh, plus yeah. ten thousand, plus ten thousand, plus like it's like you're watching a video game. Yeah. And it made me want to throw my computer monitor out, you know, because I was watching it on Netflix on my on my computer. Right. It made me want to throw the monitor outside my window. I was like, "Are you are you effing kidding me? Yeah. This is the stupidest thing I've seen. How could you do this? You were doing so well." Yep. So that happens. Then suddenly it's three Red Hulks pop out, and I hate the damn Red Hulk. 
<laughs> and then Spider-Man beats them all with turret, and they drop down to level three, which is a burned-out future city, which of course means we're going to get attacked by a Sentinel. Here's one thing I did like. Wolverine jumps up to get the Sentinel. The Sentinel shoots him in a panel that looks exactly like it was taken from X-Men Days of Future Days of Future Past, yeah. And I did like that. Uh, and then Cap takes it out with a shield, which I was like, really? <laughs> really? Captain America just takes it out with one hit from the shield? Yeah, was, he's done. Yeah. Um, then they have the level shifts. They go to a video game based on Cap's uh, World War II adventures called Shield of Honor, but they're not fighting the you know the Germans or Hydra. No, they're fighting some sort of alien drones. And then uh, Wolverine jumps in to help, and they fight all these drones. And then after the end of that fight, a voiceover comes on and says, "Wolverine, thirty-two hit combo power up," and his and his yeah. and his uh, claws start to glow. And I'm like, "What is that?" It, it, like I said earlier, it's all video game on this. Episode. I literally yelled out WTF, but not WTF. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so then more annoying um, points flash up when they battle the boss robot. Um, Wolverine shows back up. Uh, to, or no, I, I already mentioned that Wolverine uh, showed back up when they fought the alien drones, I think. Anyway, he's, yeah, he shows back up because at first he gets taken out by the Sentinel and they're like, oh my god, Wolverine's dead. And Captain America's like, no, it's, I've seen him come back from way worse. But anyway, Wolverine's back in it. He, you know, he gets the power up. Um, Spidey breaks out of the level to go reprogram the Sentinel. Mm-hmm. And he brings the Sentinel back in in, I don't know, 30 seconds. And uses it to fight the more of the alien drone bugs with, and he uses a holographic video game controller to control the Sentinel. And I thought I would throw up. I was so sick of the video game crap by then. And I, I like video games. You like video games. I do. Yeah. I, I this made me want to punch uh, puppies. <laughs> yeah, I like Spider-Man and I like video games, but don't put the video yeah. game into my Spider-Man. If you want to put Spider-Man in the video game, put it in my Xbox. Okay, fine. Right. But I don't want the video game intruding into my Spider-Man cartoon, and this was horrible. Um, the heroes get to the last level. It's a giant robot arcade head. Okay, whatever. More points flashing up. Cap gets power-ups. They finally beat the head, then they stop Arcade from launching the nukes. Arcade is a whiny brat. But he has the best line in the entire show when he says, uh, Aloha, heroes, and Wolverine. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, this this is a D. It almost got an F, but the, the animation was... Oh, was really? You're, you're being generous. Well, the animation was really well done. And yeah, it, I'll give you that. It, it made it... That's why the, the review is a D for disappointing, because <clears throat> without the video game crap, this could have been way better. Mm-hmm. I could have overlooked them making Arcade, taking him from being a, you know old, crusty, dangerous, middle-aged, red-haired guy and making him a hip, red-headed Asian teen assassin... With mutant yeah. powers that he has never had before. I, I, I could overlook that, but with the video game crap, no, there's no way. Yeah. So what could have been an awesome episode is marred by making Arcade a whiny uh, brat and uh, <laughs> <coughs> the unrelenting uh, use of the uh, points and power of crap. It's just god-awful. Yeah, it's really rough. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap this show up, I forgot to mention one thing, and I didn't think I'd go back to it, but Marvel Knight Spider-Man number four. I forgot one point that, uh, that I wanted to make about, uh, they, they even altered Flash Thompson's history a little bit on page one. I'm going to read you the, the, the text box. It says, quote, I remember my buddy Flash Thompson telling me one time how he wrecked his car on a date. He drove under a guardrail in his convertible. The rail would have taken his head off, 
but he said he could see it coming in slow motion. He ducked, and he had time to push his girlfriend's head down as well, and he saved both their lives and got his nickname in the process. So, I always thought Flash got his nickname from being a, a good athlete in high school, and he was uh, fast on the on the football field. I always thought he no. got it from uh, stuff he did out in the park, you know, when he wasn't in high school. <laughs> he was wearing that trench coat. Anyway, that uh, Mr. Kent tra- uh, informs us that no, he it, that's not where he got his nickname. Mm. He got it because he ducked under a guardrail. So. Uh, George, I appreciate you doing the satellites and then the, re- the cartoon reviews. Uh, season three should be starting up pretty soon. We might have to do three episodes of, uh, if, if we aren't done with season one and two by the time season three comes out. Yeah. So, 